From technology and acquisition to citizen services and mission execution, a culture shift is underway with federal government leaders increasingly seeking out solutions that disrupt the way business has traditionally been done. Here we connect with those government and industry leaders driving this change and delivering the real results in support of their agency mission. This is Keeping IT Brief. In this podcast, Dr. William Kassler, the Palantir Technologies Chief Medical Officer, shares the origin story of the National COVID Cohort Collaborative, N3C, and provides a glimpse into its potential future. N3C is the first national data repository to bring together healthcare records across 70-plus institutions, enabling researchers from across the country and world to partner on research. Dr. Kassler, thank you so much for joining me today. Let's dive right in. What is real-world evidence and why are observational data helpful? So let me start with an anecdote. We all appreciate how remarkable it is that in just one year after the discovery of SARS-CoV-2, the previously unknown cause of the COVID pandemic, researchers had characterized the genome of this novel pathogen, developed a vaccine, tested it in clinical trials with sufficient results to start a mass vaccination campaign. What's less known is that people with compromised immune systems were not included in the early vaccine trials. And without sufficient numbers of people with cancer and HIV or on immunosuppressive medications in the trials, the effectiveness of the vaccine for some of our most clinically vulnerable populations could not be fully established. So what did the researchers do? They turned to a program called M3C um, and accessed real-world evidence to gather that information to supplement the vaccine trials and make data-driven recommendations on vaccines that they couldn't have made from trials alone. So clinical trials are really the gold standard for medical research. They're experiments where data is collected from patients who are given a treatment, medication or procedure, and follow them over time, looking for outcomes such as safety and effectiveness and comparing the outcomes to those who didn't get that treatment or to people who got another one. But the gold standard of research is not always feasible. Sometimes that takes years. It can be very expensive to gather Uh, that many patients, and particularly for rare diseases or infrequent side effects. You often need to know things quickly, though, even if it's not necessarily the definitive answer. Sometimes it may not be ethical to randomize uh, patients uh, to a control group. And this is all where real-world evidence comes in. With the widespread adoption of the EHR, the electronic health record, a lot of this real-world data captured over the course of Uh, clinical care can be reused, and these can be used in so-called natural experiments. Real-world evidence has many advantages. There are very, very large data sets that are rich with information on millions of patients, and thus high statistical power to detect meaningful differences in outcomes. And some of the newer analytic techniques, such as machine learning, are particularly well-suited for these types of data sets. Now, Think about all the other information besides what's in the clinical record about people's health that could be used to improve health. Genomic data, 
health-related behavior, social and economic needs of patients, and then bringing in information from devices and sensors, which all can be combined in ways that can give us new insights. And of course, that comes with risk. It highlights the need for academic and public health researchers to have their research protocols and methods approved by an ethics committee called an IRB, or an Institutional Review Board, and that look for unintended harms and that make sure that they adhere to strict privacy-protecting protocols. Okay, so what is N3C and how is it accelerating COVID research? The National COVID Cohort Collaborative or N3C, is a partnership between the National Center for Advancing Translational Science, or NCATS, at the National Institutes of Health, and a large network of academic medical centers. At the outset of the pandemic, people realized that there was an urgent need for information. How do you even characterize this illness? Who was at risk for getting it? Who was likely to get a more severe case? who was at risk for getting a reinfection or to go on and be hospitalized or end up in the ICU? What treatments helped? What were the co-occurring illnesses that impacted the course of, of COVID? And traditional science was not able to answer these questions in the urgent timeframe needed. NCATS and its partners developed a clinical data enclave. Academic medical centers placed their clinical data from patient records for patients with COVID and non-COVID control patients into an enclave. And it made these data available in a safe and secure way for collaborative research. They then added additional information from vital records, from viral variant genomic data, images, and data on the social determinants of health that all were very, very important. And they linked all of these to the patient clinical records using advanced privacy-protecting techniques so that no one could identify individual patients by name. And this ended up giving researchers a really rich amount of information. So now N3C is the largest public clinical data repository for research in the United States with data from more than 10 million patients from 70 academic medical centers supporting 2,500 researchers and conducting over 300 approved studies. So why is bringing together EHR data at a large scale so hard? Well, the electronic health records are meant to support clinical care of individual patients. The data is entered during the clinical workflow and for billing purposes, but it's not designed to do research. So real-world data is often incomplete and it's messy. It's messy because of the amount of variation between the clinician and variation between the institutions about how they track the clinical care and how they document that in a record. So information is entered and coded differently at each hospital and at each clinic and even by each clinician within the clinic. To be useful, all that messy data needs to be harmonized and standardized and mapped into a single common data model and checked for quality and accuracy and completeness. Previously, all of that curation was done by hand. With N3C, the majority of that data can now be automated, done by machine, done by technology, saving time, resources, and really speeding the time to results. Governance is also tough. 
each organization has its own data policies for use, their own lawyers, their own requirements for who can access what part of the data and for what purposes. So for any large-scale collaborative research environment, the data owners need to have robust and flexible access controls. They need an auditable record of who does what and assurances of data lineage and provenance. Technology can support all of that. What has N3C accomplished exactly? So the biggest thing that N3C has accomplished is accelerating COVID research and getting quick answers to pressing clinical problems. In under two years, researchers using N3C have learned an awful lot about COVID, publishing over 25 scientific studies in peer-reviewed journals, with many, many more in progress, contributing to evidence-based recommendations for clinical care in a number of areas. Researchers have identified drugs that have reduced COVID-19 mortality. They've characterized the impact of COVID on people with compromised immune systems, leading to recommendations for vaccines for patients such as folks who have, who have HIV. They've understood the impact of COVID on children and in, on a particularly rare but serious pediatric COVID condition called multi-system inflammatory condition. And they've provided key data to public health decision makers to inform managing the pandemic in populations such as the pediatric population. They've addressed the impact of, uh, of cancer on COVID. They've identified a, a particular type of pain medication called a COX-2 inhibitor that is associated with increased COVID-19 severity. And they've begun to study the effects in the treatment of long COVID. Initially, or, or rather additionally, N3C has created a model for doing collaborative research at large scale. The enclave means data owners, like the hospitals and the academic medical centers, can safely share their data, protect the privacy of their patients. The data goes in and it doesn't leave the enclave. All of the analysis is done within the platform by researchers who can only get access to the data once their study has been approved by an IRB. So now that N3C is supporting COVID research at this scale, what's next for the effort? Well, first of all, clearly more needs to be done on COVID research itself. But in addition to that, this model can be used to support a wide range of other biomedical and public health types of research. It's particularly good for rare diseases or infrequent health outcomes because you've got millions and millions of patients' clinical records um, within the system. Newly emerging conditions such as other pandemics can be studied in this way, not only infectious disease, but recall before the pandemic, the issue of unexplained e-cigarette and vaping lung injuries. Well, that could have been studied uh, with a program like this and whatever the next emerging condition is. Public health has long sought to improve its data collection and its surveillance efforts, the public health surveillance efforts with clinical data. But it has been locked away, that data, in over 6,000 hospital systems, countless ambulatory care systems, this type of model could help public health really modernize its data infrastructure. The Office of the National Coordinator for HHS has been trying to catalyze this type of public health clinical collaboration for years, but the technology is now just emerging to really support that effort 
And in health services research, these types of enclaves can be used in support of value-based care when payers and providers and regulator and regulators rather try to improve health to lower costs and improve the quality of care. Uh, real world evidence is hugely important because it's really hard to do clinical trials of policy and practice interventions. And therefore, a large national repository of observational clinical data could really bring a more robust scientific evaluation to quality improvement efforts. Okay, this is all great information. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I would just say um, that speaking for all of my colleagues at Palantir, it's really been an honor to be part of this effort to support the National Institutes of Health and the over 70 academic medical centers and the 2,500 uh, researchers uh, to do this great work. It's, it's truly been an honor. Thank you. Well, great. Thank you, Dr. Kessler, for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you for listening. For more podcasts by G2 Exchange Media, please visit www.bethealthit.com and look for the podcast section at the top of the page. Music by Jam Studio, courtesy of Shutterstock Incorporated. <laughs>